there is a similarity between what a man does in his house and what he does or will be doing in the house of God. When you're a pastor, if you're bad as a parent, you can't make a good pastor because it's the Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 For there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling and one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all but unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but, us, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effective working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Then we will read the book of Jeremiah, and I'll read verse 15. And I'll give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding, and it shall come to pass, when ye be multiplied and increased in the land, in those days, say the Lord, they shall say no more. The ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it, neither shall they visit it, neither shall that be done anymore. So God had said through Jeremiah, prophet Jeremiah, that he was going to give the people, his people, pastors, according to his own heart. And the purpose of the pastor is to do what? To feed the people with knowledge of God's word and understand it. And give what? Understand it. Praise the Lord. They are, we're all priests, but we have teaching priests. Praise God. Priests that impact knowledge. I know that we have the, the gift, one of the fivefold ministry that is the the office of a teacher. But in the office of a pastor, you also have the ability to teach. It is important if you don't, you know, to be a pastor, you have to have that. You must be apt to teach. Praise God. And we said that the word translated pastor under the New Testament in the book of Ephesians is the Greek word poimen. And it means shepherd, just simply shepherd. Praise the Lord. Now, when in Jeremiah chapter, chapter 3, verse 15, the word translated pastor there is the, the Hebrew word rea, R-A-A-H. 
It says, it is a verb meaning to lead, to guide, to bring correction, to encourage, to tend, to be a shepherd. It means in general to care for or to protect, to graze, to feed flocks and herds. Praise the Lord. And so when God was talking about, I will give them pastors after my own heart, he was saying, I'm going to give them people to feed, to guide, to bring correction, to encourage, to tend, and to shepherd over his people. Praise the Lord. Micah chapter 5, verse 5. The Bible says here that this man, talking about Jesus, shall be the peace, the tranquility of heart. All right? When the Assyrian shall come into our land, and when, we shall tr when he shall tread in our palaces, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. Now, I said that for a reason. The, spirit, the offices we have in the body of Christ are not for nothing. Praise God. They have spiritual significance. And in the realm of the spirit, they're effective. Every Christian must be in a, ship, in a sheepfold, must be part of the church, the functional church, the fruit-bearing church. Every Christian must have a church that they attend, a gathering of believers that they attend, every believer. Whether you're a pastor, an apostle, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're an apostle, you will know enough to know that it's not about sitting in your home and being an apostle. No. You are either pioneering the work of God or you're part of the work of God. No man is an island in the kingdom of God. We don't do stuff like that. And we don't sit idle in Zion. God is commanding us to change, to repent. In these last days, as we see the day of Christ approaching, the day that he's going to split the skies and be here, the church has to be disciplined. The church has to know what they ought to be, what we ought to be like and what we ought to be doing. And pastors are an important part of this particular walk in the body of Christ. Pastors are a vital part of it because they are the shepherds. Hallelujah. A shepherd is one who tends or cares for the flock or the sheep. We said that, and in the book of First Timothy chapter 3, we begin to see, because let me say this to you, a bishop is a pastor, is a shepherd, an overseer. The only difference is that one is a calling, original, that the person had nothing to do with. The second one is a desire to do a work. Just like we, we said we had apostles of the Lamb, then we had apostles of the churches. We have apostles that the Holy Ghost, you know, anointed Jesus, anointed them in the Holy Ghost for the church, praise God. We have apostles also appointed by the churches, praise God. Bishops are appointed by the churches. The pastors are called by the Lord Jesus Christ and anointed and given grace to function in a particular office. The bishops are those who have desired the work of God and have been ordained 
by the church to function in the office of a pastor or overseer. The, the apostle and the pastor do similar things, but the apostle oversees a wider area of stuff. He pioneers things. He's, God uses him to be a trailblazer. Hallelujah. And he shepherds a wider range of people than does a pastor. A pastor deals with the local assembly. Amen? Or a group of local assemblies that they have other pastors under that particular pastor. But spiritually, these things have significance because they are spiritual faculties. They are anointings. And in their operation in the realm of the spirit, they operate their, at their own level of power and authority. Because of their function, there are things that they do like in protecting the flock and in blessing the people of God. But let's, let's keep reading. First Timothy chapter 3, I read from verse 1. It is a true saying if a man wants to be a pastor, other translations use the word bishop. He has a good ambition, which means he's the one who's desiring to be in that office. Amen? For a pastor must be a good man whose life cannot be spoken against. He, he must have only one wife. He must be hardworking and thoughtful, orderly, full of good deeds. He must enjoy having guests in his home and must be a good Bible teacher. So we can't make you a pastor if, you're, if you can't teach the Bible. He must not be a drinker or quarrelsome, but he must be gentle and kind, not be one who loves money. He must have a well-behaved family with children who obey quickly and quietly. If your children are unruly, we should not make you a bishop. Why? The next verse. For if a man cannot make his own little family behave, how can he help the whole church? Listen, there are words that are used there that are deliberate that we should take into account. He cannot make. So he's the one making it, right? Make his own little family behave. He cannot help the whole church. He cannot. He didn't say he may not be able to function. He says he cannot. Why? There is a similarity between or um, between what a man does in his house and what he does or will be doing in the house of God. When you're a pastor, the, if, you, if, you, if you're bad as a parent, you can't make a good pastor because it's the same spirit. He says if he can't make his own household behave, how can he help the house of God? If he doesn't have one, he can't have the other. If your children, you see, the Bible said, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he grows up, he will not depart from it. I'm saying these things so that we understand what the office of a pastor and pastors in the church of God is and what it isn't. We dealt with the fact that he cares for the sheep. He tends the flock. Praise God. Using the ministry of the word of God and the ministry of the spirit of God, we talked about that. 
And we talked about the fact that he encourages and brings healing to the sheep. Number three, he leads, he guides, he teaches. We talked about that he, ha he has to be a good Bible teacher. The King James says, apt to teach. He trains the sheep, the flock of God, in the new life we have in Christ. And trains them in godliness and reverential fear of God. In other words, how to live the Christian life. Or how to behave as Christians. Now, remember something. We are not a people being instructed to do things we cannot do. The unbeliever does not have the ability that the Christian has. Does not have the grace that we have. Does not have the nature that we have. The unbeliever, that person who does not have Christ, that person who's not born again, does not have the new nature in them. They cannot do righteousness. The Bible said that the carnal man is not is in enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We see that in the book of Romans and chapter 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. When, when, when somebody who's in the lifestyle says that he was made that way, he was born that way, the only thing he's, he says that is wrong is that he says that God made him that way. That's not God. Because after that Adam fell, Adam began to give birth to children after his own image. The Bible tells us that. Adam was made in the image and the likeness of God. But after that Adam fell, all the children he had thereafter were after his own image image. It is said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Hallelujah. So they can't change by themselves. No man can change by himself. Now, change comes when you make a turnaround. You say, okay, I don't want to follow the devil and the world anymore. I'm going to Jesus. And so when you make that turn, that is your first step of repentance. And you come to Jesus. When you get into Christ, he makes you a new creature. Then he tells you to go and live for him. Before then, you didn't have the ability to live for him. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority and the power to become the sons of God. That doesn't happen except you receive Christ. I said that so that when we say that he guides, he trains, he teaches, and all of that, and, you know, talks about how to behave as a Christian, how to live the Christian life. Hallelujah. Remember that the pastor...
has to be somebody who can teach, correct, all right, guide, rebuke when it's necessary. Praise the Lord. We're, we're coming to all of that. Praise the Lord. In Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, the son of Odette. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, inquiring for and of him, craving him as your soul's first necessity, he will be found by you. But if you become indifferent and forsake him, he will forsake you. He says, now for a long time, Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. In other times when this had happened, and you can imagine what would be happening, everybody would be doing what seems right in his own sight. God puts the fivefold ministry to guide the church, to train up the church, to lead the church in the way that the church should go under the unction of the Spirit of God because it's actually the Spirit of God that is guiding, leading, teaching the people through the fivefold ministry. Praise the Lord. If what they say is contrary to the word of God, we do not accept it. Is that clear? We have made up our minds in this house. If it's not in the word, we're not bound to take it, regardless of who's saying it, whether it's me or some other person. If I'm just putting my own stuff, you know, you can sift. Okay, this is scripture. That might be pastor, yeah, man, I've eaten a little bit too much before he showed up in church. So you throw that away. It's, 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 it's very clear. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. But thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So this is about being able to teach. Being, you know, so if you don't come to church, you will not be taught. You'll be left with your own ways. And you will think that they're right. And understand something, just like physically, the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the road of correction will drive it out. When people get saved initially, you jump into Christ you're very excited. Everything is beautiful. And every Christian is a Christian. Everybody that comes to church is a child of God. And you find yourself doing a lot of things. It is important that at that stage in your life, you be taught. So you're not carried about. When any new person shows up in town, you're over there. And you know, the ch a child has a characteristic of doing something. Everything is for the mouth. How many of us know that? Everything is for the mouth. Even your shoe. If you leave it too long, that's it. First John chapter 2, verse 27. The Bible says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. And you need not, he says, ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it has taught you, ye abide in him. 
And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, ye may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, when he says this, it does not mean because, like, it does not mean that we, you know, why would he call an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, a, a, a pastor, and tell them that they're supposed to teach the brethren? And he says that no man, you have no need that any man teach you. What he's talking about here is teaching you outside the anointing. And he's also letting you know that you can discern. Because that Holy Spirit is inside you. When a person gets born again, the necessary next step is that the person either be water baptized first or be filled with the Holy Spirit. You be filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can be water baptized. Don't be heading for eternity without being water baptized. I'm telling you. Some people have been telling us that it doesn't matter because the apostle, apostle Paul said, God did not send me to baptize you, but to preach the gospel. He said he baptized a few people. If he baptized any other person he doesn't know, does not mean that after he left, those people were not baptized. Do you understand? Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's what he said. Amen? It's necessary that we note these things. Amen? Glory be to God. And so, the anointing, as the anointing is teaching you through people, all right, you abide in the teaching. Abide in the teaching. 